Hello and welcome to the Jordan High 2004 podcast. This is your host, Steve Rausch. And this is Gonzo. Gonzo, how you doing? Good. How are you, Steve? I'm good. I feel like I haven't seen you for forever. I know. We did like, we had two weeks off. So we haven't like, seen each other for well, a while. Like, well, and Chad, like, he came over way earlier in the week. Yeah. So it was like, I was, I've been missing you. I know. And now it's getting nicer. Let's go play outside. Okay. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I love um, I love ni- nice warm weather. Like, the last couple of Saturdays, BJ and I have been playing tennis. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. He's won both times. But <sighs> I'm, I'm mentioning it. I'm, I'm, I'm taking that. Last time I took a set. So... <laughs> <laughs> Well, next time I'll come. All right, cool. Try to even the playing field for the both of you. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I'm excited for summer. I just love, just love getting out there and you know, play some pickleball or something. My kids are like itching to put the sprinkler underneath the trampoline. They're like, Dad, it's it's so hot. I'm like it's 75 degrees. Fools. It's perfect. I'm not putting the sprinkler. Under- We're in a drought. What the heck is a drought, Dad? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> but you can't use the sprinkler. Go to the neighbor's house and use their sprinkler. <laughs> it's going to be 90 on Thursday. So. I like that. Yeah. I can handle that. I'm ready for it. I don't know. It's like, I love living in a place where we have the seasons. Because it's like, by the time the next one comes in, I'm always just ready. Like, I love the winter, but by the time it's spring, I'm like, I'm ready for spring. I'm ready for spring by like... The end of January every year. I can make it through like <laughs> January. December 23rd. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, no. So I love warm weather. It's like today we, um, my brother-in-law came over and all like my niece and nephews um, and we were hanging out and we did a whole bunch of chalk. I saw that. It looks really good. You should take a picture and post it. Yeah, I'll post it. Um, yeah, we did some Pokemon on there. And I think it turned out pretty good. Now my kids would be all jelly. I'm sure. <laughs> no, we should have told you guys to come over. Sorry. That's okay. Next time. So, what's been going on with you? I know, like, you guys went on a trip, right? Big anniversary. Oh, yeah. We had our 10-year anniversary. We, uh... Congratulations. Thanks. You know, still... Hey, once still you... I think show. you once you get past eight years, you've, like... I think you've made it past, like, most marriages. Like, you're... You're in the elite of marriages. <laughs> Natalie is a, is a saint. <laughs> she just puts up with my crap. I don't know. It's been good. I mean, it's been, it's been a good 10 years, but we, we went to San Diego just like, I just, we left our kids and I, we haven't gone on like more than just an overnight trip since I think like 2018. Like, so it was nice just to get some days away. We're going to do something else like in July. Who watched the kids? Uh, our niece. I was oh, like, hey, she's 19. I was like, hey, you doing anything? No? I'm like, will you watch my kids for five days? Sure. Oh, like, dang. So, like... Did you give her any money? We did. We oh, paid her. good for her. Yeah. <laughs> we paid her. No, it, it works out really Like, nice. no, it's experience. <laughs> Life experience. No, I, I, like... So, it was nice, though, because we just... Yeah, we just went there. And I will say, I thought it would be warmer. It was, like, maybe 65 degrees and overcast a bunch of the time. Mm. But, like, I love that kind of stuff, but Natalie was kind of cold. So, we had, like... She one and a half like good nineties. Like, yeah, it was so it was fun. I mean, weather wise, but we went down and had a great time. So it was fun. Nice. I missed my kids too. That was the thing. Is like we wanted to go do all this stuff, and I was like, mm, "You're too good." I miss my kids. 
I've never missed anybody. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see uh, what the 20 year uh, anniversary will bring. Start planning for it. Saving. <laughs> Saving. <laughs> Buying you an island, Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> I saw. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yes, I will. Yes. She can buy me an island. <laughs> um, yeah, why not? Um, dream big. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, who do we got today? We have Bathia Cutler. Bathia Rue now. Nice. Um, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for her to come on and. I'm excited. She's a person I love. It's like, there's some people that are just. I don't know. I have love for them in my heart, even though it's like, it's like when Adam Watson, it's like, I don't know him, but I just love him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree. I think it's going to be really good. I think that it's fun because like you and I have talked about how like getting ready for her to come on and we just know that like she shares stuff on social media and we've been able to see a lot of things happening and just, um, it'll be fun to talk to her and hear her story and just yeah. see where she's at. I haven't seen her in 20 years. I still feel like I'm part of her life just because I've like follow her online <laughs> yeah like, like her posts every once in a while so it'll be fun yeah so here's our conversation with Bethia Bethia welcome to the podcast it's a pleasure to be here I'm so happy to see you <laughs> it's good to see you it's been like a really long time I know I keep running into people lately and then I'm like well it really has been okay so I tell this story about you all the time oh that like <laughs> maybe like two years ago, I was at the Provo pool with my family, and I see Archer and Birdie like playing in the pool, and I was just be like, "Hey, where's you guys' mom?" Like, and we're like, "Oh wait, wait!" Before I said that, I'm like, "These kids don't know who I am. I've never like <laughs> they've never met me. I've never seen them. I've just seen them grow grow up through the internet. Like, yeah, exactly. so I feel like, oh, I know these guys. Like, <laughs> they're probably so, there with grandma." So well, I didn't say, like, hey, guys, where's your mom? Because they were like, did you, oh, the stranger them, danger. did you offer them some gummy worms? <laughs> no. They would have been like, oh, he knows your mom. <laughs> gummy worms. Hey, you guys want some candy? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. I'd go for it. But, yeah. Do, so, yeah, I tell the story that I've seen them grow up, but I've, like, never met them. No. No, and it happens, too. No, especially with Archer. Because everybody was like, so. Yeah, when and he, he like, had an accident a couple stuff, years yeah. ago, and so everyone was kind of like keeping an eye out for him and seeing what he's up to. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So, catch us up a little bit. What's the last 20 years been like? <sighs> it does not seem like 20 years. <laughs> I still feel like. I'm not old enough to, like, have the responsibility. You're not old enough to remember anything from 20 years. Exactly. <laughs> I've been alive for 20 years. Um, it's been good. I think high school, right after high school, I moved to Idaho for a little while and worked at an airport that my family owned, and I just kind of... Your family owned an airport? Yeah, so my um, grandfather founded the airport in Twin Falls, Idaho. So it's kind of known as like the South Valley Regional Airport. Nice. And um, so I always grew up going out there. And then once I graduated, I went out and I worked out there for my uncle and took some flying lessons and did all the things that you do. Pumping gas. Being bored in Idaho. <laughs> and, yep. Pump gas. 
go to the shooting range, go to the races. Being bored in Idaho, so you just yeah. go fly an airplane. We did a lot of gallant challenges. We did a lot of weird, dumb stuff. Uh, I don't know if anyone knows the Snake River Canyon that goes through Twin Falls, Idaho. And there's the Peregrine Bridge. But we would throw some really <laughs> weird stuff <laughs> off the bridge. <laughs> weirdest, weirdest thing you threw off. Like a five-gallon bucket of ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> one, one bought ketchup, one bought mustard. It was from Costco, and we just like <laughs> all over the water. It was, it was gross, but anyway, nice. you find things to do. Yeah, but yeah, I moved home the end of that end of two thousand four, I guess, and went back to the U. And I had a trombone scholarship for marching band, so right back to my nice my nerdiness core here inside of me but I paid the bills and that was a good time I got married in 2006 and met my husband on MySpace nice (laughs) that's pretty awesome (laughs) I don't even remember yeah I guess it was in 2005 and I think he had messaged a couple girls and was like, I just, I'm trying to find some new friends in Salt Lake or something because he was living in LA and transferring from BYU. That's what they all say. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So he's like, you're the only one who responded. And I was like, well, that makes me feel good. (laughs) He's like, no, but like. Yeah, I must have messaged like a thousand girls. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. But yeah, it was, it was one of those things where you're just like, okay. How do I, like, not hang out with this person every day? Like, where, where do we go from here, you know? We... What was your... Did you have songs on your MySpace page? Oh, yeah. Do you remember? Like, what was your song that would be on when you would log in? That's a great question. I had... It was... Uno, dos, tres, hey. cuatro, cinco, cinco, seis. <laughs> it was, no. Oh, man. I was thinking about this the other day. And my husband's was like that, like that circus music, and then and he was a programmer, so you couldn't even see his page, but it was like this image of like a marble, and then it was just that song, and that was all you could see when you would go to his page. It was anyway. He had he had me with the marble circus music. Nope, and none of the ladies messaged him. No else took a bite. You know, no one went for it, but. Uh, I'm just as weird, so. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we moved back from L.A. and we met and hung out and we're wedded. And here we are now. We have three kids. So our oldest just turned 13 yesterday. Dang. And it freaks me out, but that's fine. He's hilarious. Uh, And then my middle son, Archer, is 10, almost 11. And then I have my youngest, Bridget, that we call Birdie. So, yeah. (laughs) They're good kids. They, I don't know, I feel like I got lucky. They're a handful, but they can take care of themselves, too. So, (laughs) they know when they need to. (laughs) Well, I think, like, you're also entering that stage of, like, yeah, the kids, you can go out and do stuff because your kids kind of... They don't Can't leave me take as care much. of themselves. Oh yeah. yeah, for sure. And that's a weird thing about getting older too, is there's all these new little like parts of life that you never really expected. Or like these little 
don't know, not phases, but you know what I mean? Where it's like, oh yeah, like, I'm not a young mother and have children clinging to me. Who am I? Like, what do I do with my life now? (laughs) No, I could get a job or go back to school or all this stuff. And I think for me, it's kind of naturally just migrated back to more music. And that's kind of always what I've loved and been interested in. So So tell us about young Bethia. Tell us about high school. (laughs) <laughs> your high school self like who were you how did you see yourself tell us about know. back then i don't know i was always very self-conscious i was always very like i don't know kind of nervous and self-conscious all the time but i don't know i felt like i was kind of a funny mix of being really shy but outgoing so i get i don't know I don't know how I <laughs> how I was perceived, but I always thought like you always gave off like a cool chick vibe, like yeah, <laughs> yeah like to me to it was like oh I'm so cool, <laughs> like, yeah. like oh man. <laughs> I remember so that you had like your retainer that had a tooth in it. Oh, yeah, had yeah. two right? teeth in it. Had two tooth. teeth in it. Every time I'd be like, "Hey, can you pop those out?" and you'd pop them out and put them back in yeah, quickly. That's my no, favorite. I had no shame. It's <laughs> awesome. I like to freak people out. Yeah, those were good memories. I was very happy to get rid of that retainer. <laughs> I had it forever. But yeah, genetics. Luckily, my kids have all their teeth. That was really my main fear of having kids. Was like, are they going to be tone deaf? And they are they going to have all of their teeth? So far, we're good. <laughs> Were you always into music, like, as a kid? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was always, like, doing piano stuff, and my mom played the oboe, like, through college, so I had oboe. And I played with your sister, Nancy, mm-hmm. in high school. But So I played oboe since seventh grade and through college um, with the trombone in college as well. And then um, kind of stopped. <laughs> and... Yeah, I had always had a love for bagpipes. My husband's grandfather turned 90 a couple of years ago, and he said, it's clear that I'm never going to play these. <laughs> like, I know you have an interest. Would you like these bagpipes? And I was just like, holy cow, yeah. I have always wanted them, and I think it was always, like, the idea of my parents buying them and, like, going through this whole process with me was exhausting to even Are bagpipes, them. like, really expensive? So they can be. Um Anywhere from, I mean, cheap would be a grand or two up to like eight or ten or whatever. It just depends. So all kinds of little things. But yeah, so he he gave me this set of pipes that he had bought in like Washington or something. And he was living there and he had lived in Scotland for a while and kind of fell in love with them. He's like, I'm going to learn these. And then he never did. (laughs) So he handed them over, and I started less than two weeks later. Less than two weeks later, so yeah, it was awesome. He okay. uh, he lived in my sister's neighborhood, so every Monday I would take my kids to her house and then just go around the block for a lesson. We would have dinner, and it was we did that for like two or three years. <laughs> it was awesome. Hmm. So yeah, I remember when I was younger too. And who was it? He in your ward, Jack Love. Yeah. And I was always like, this guy, I need to talk to this guy. And I never did. I don't think I've ever even met him. Do you want to go meet him after this? (laughs) Yes. Because Jack played pipes, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does he still? 
I, I haven't, talked, I haven't talked to him in 20 years. It's kind of like riding a bike, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I know, because I don't, I don't see him in the, in the, the local circles, but maybe he's, his time is done. He's, no. he's getting old, you know? Yeah. He's getting up there. Well, everyone, I, even when I was friends with, like, Nancy in high school, she's like, you just gotta talk to him, he's super nice. I was like, oh, he is super it's nice. It's intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it worked out, so. <laughs> but yeah, I think my first memories with bagpipes were um, like a really memorable funeral that I was at when I was about four and it's super like I just had this memory of like this bagpiper in the snow in the cemetery and it was just like whoa this is so cool and then um, (laughs) when I was in seventh grade I went to South Carolina and my brother-in-law had graduated from the Citadel I don't know if you know what that is but it's a military college in Charleston and so they had, you know, all, everyone out, like, doing this huge parade. And then, like, there was the pipe band. And I was just like, what is this? <laughs> like, this is amazing. And so, anyway, I had always loved them. Um, and then two years ago, I was at this kind of competition convention thing in Kansas City. And I met this guy who's the director of piping there. And I was just like, you're the reason I play bagpipes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're the reason I play. And anyway, it was a funny story, but... It's kind of fun just because you have this whole other family and community. It's just a bunch I of I saw brothers. you on the news when you <laughs> oh, were like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Was it for St. Patrick's Day? Yeah, for oh the St. Patrick's Day. And that was like, I, I know that you had shared, like, we're going to be playing pipes. And yeah. I was like, I wanted to go, but I didn't go. It's cool. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, too. Like, a couple of people are like, hey, we're going to meet up with you. And they're like, I'm here. And I'm like, well, I just left. Like, I literally only play for like five to ten minutes and then I leave. And like, I have schedule like every yes we're hitting like 20 different spots or yeah something, right? over just my group over st patrick's weekend we had 40 gigs Dang. <laughs> so wow it was, it was wild but it's worth it in the end so do you guys get paid for that fun. we do so nice bars <laughs> like bars and clubs will hire us and pay us like a fee to just come but then we're like we collect tips, so I like, just get tons of tips. So I think we made like sixteen grand last year. Oh snap! Pretty rad. That's, that's not bad for a weekend. <laughs> I mean, we gotta split it between a, a bunch of us. Oh, all right, all right. It's but still nice. It helps. <laughs> so maybe I should. Maybe I should look at that. I can be a dancer. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, we need lots, especially male dancers. Yeah. Scottish dancing was traditionally males that did it, so. Scottish I don't know words. if you let a, a little Hispanic guy do some <laughs> Scottish dancing. That's perfect. That's perfect. But so, yeah. m- describe maybe describe like some of the things that were really important to you, like back when you were in high school. When I was in high school. Yeah. Oof. Uh, I don't know. I still feel like it was still kind of a blur, but I, you know, definitely, I was super involved with music, and. Family stuff, friends. I didn't ever have a job during high school just because I was so focused on music stuff and doing extra lessons and stuff like that. But no, I felt like I was pretty boring. <laughs> was like, yeah, it was important for you to like do good in school or to be a good kid or to like. Yeah, for sure. I think I was the youngest of four kids, so I kind of saw how my parents dealt with. All of them. And they were like 8, 10, and 12 years older than me. So I had a ways to kind of watch and see how they <laughs> lived their life. And 
I remember like watching, especially my mom, you know, react to certain things that they would do. And I'm like, okay, I can never do that. (laughs) I can never disappoint her, you know, and turns out that's not very healthy, but (laughs) it's cool. But yeah, we, I don't know. This is a pretty, pretty chill upbringing. But so, I mean, usually when you have like a big gap too, Mm -hmm. and you have the youngest, I feel like parents are like a lot more relaxed. Yeah, a lot more relaxed. Was that true for you? Definitely true. Um, And I think now that I'm older, and you know, age doesn't matter anymore. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I think I get along really well with all my siblings, and. but there was definitely this, like, you're this spoiled little girl who's, like, the youngest and gets doted on. And it was, like, I remember getting really mad once. And I was like, it's not my fault. <laughs> it's not my fault I was born last. Like, I didn't ask for that. You know, but it ha- happens. So it's a tricky, tricky waters to navigate Yeah, as a little person. But. Luckily, we're all good friends. <laughs> that helps. Yeah. How how would you say you're different now? Like, who are you now, 35, 36 years old? Yeah. How have you changed? I, I feel like I'm a lot different. I feel... I guess one thing, you know, is like I'm, I was just really conscious of like what other people thought of me, for sure, in high school and, you know, early on. And as I've gotten older, <clears throat> I think I've just been through so many weird experiences that I'm just like, that doesn't matter. <laughs> like nothing matters. Like, it's easier for me to kind of cut to the chase and just be like, all right, that's something that doesn't matter. And this does. And when my son, um, he was in dress so the, the story I'll tell he, um, it was in 2017 and we were at kind of a neighborhood pool. And so it was me and two friends and about seven kids. And we were all in the pool playing and, all of a sudden, my son, Royal, turns and says, Mom, where's Archer? And I turn, and he's laying at the bottom of the deep end. <laughs> so I di- run over, dive in, and pull him out. And luckily, my friends were thinking, and they were already out ready to help me pull him out and everything. And they both knew CPR and um, just went to town, and I called 911. And it was just like, is this really happening? This is crazy. <laughs> um I think it took about three minutes to get him breathing again. And then the paramedics came and we all went to primary children's. And um, it was weird because like, it was like a 20 minute drive. (laughs) And I was just like, this is taking forever. Like it was just like an eternity in this ambulance. It was crazy. But um so, yeah, I just remember thinking as I was, like, running into this ambulance, like, my house is so dirty. I can't afford <laughs> this, you know, scenario, like, or this ambulance ride. Or in, you know, like, and all these things pop up. And then it was just like, you're such an idiot. Just get in and go. Like, doesn't matter. During this whole experience, he was in the ICU for about eight days. And he was unconscious and he was intubated and different you know body systems were kind of coming and going and it was crazy it was crazy and I had you know working in the medical field for a little while like when I got married and stuff and working with doctors and understanding terminology and certain things and I'm just like they're not telling me that to my face (laughs) 
and I know that that's not good or whatever, like talking about like he was doing these like muscle spasms and it's like something that happens when a certain part of your brain is affected and, you know, it's clear that he could have had a brain injury and so they were like all really worried and we would take him in and out of sedation to try and test his cognitive abilities and stuff like that and nothing would happen. And it was so frustrating. Um, and then one day they took him off of his, it was like propofol or something. And I turned on, if you guys know video games, Skylanders. Yeah, <laughs> if your sure. kids play Skylanders. Yeah. He loves the Skylanders like, like soundtracks. So I like turned it on and put it on his pillow. And then like, it was that day that he like started moving a little bit. And I was just like, oh my gosh. Okay, like he's in there, you know, and I don't <laughs> think the nurses believed me or they didn't see anything, but like, when you know your kid and just see certain little things, you're just like, okay, that's, that's him, you know? So, um, there were some really scary moments and they thought he was ready to like be extubated. And so when they took the tube out, he wasn't ready. And then they couldn't get it back in because his vocal cords closed. And I thought they were going to have to do tracheotomy. And it was like this hor- horrible thing, like all over again. And so like lots of weird little memories, but <clears throat> He eventually kind of started coming out of it. And then the second week that we were there, we were in this neurocritical care unit. And I tell people it was kind of like having a newborn growing up within a week (laughs) where it's like they're just completely unable to do anything and they're just awake. But like he couldn't use any muscles. He couldn't, he could open his eyes and that was all. And so we were, we were dealing with, okay, like we're going to have this special needs kid, you know, who gonna need help the rest of his life and we were just happy he was alive and then it was like oh he can drink now and he can eat and he can go to the bathroom and little tiny things and you're like he's really like getting better anyway at the end of almost two and a half weeks he got up and walked out of the hospital so it was pretty wild super super miracle Um, does he have lingering side effects he doesn't. The only thing is that his vocal cords are scarred. So when he cries, it's kind of like monotone or he, like when he has croup, it's like really bad. Like it sounds worse than it is just because of his vocal cords. And he has a funny little bald spot. We don't know how, but it's very weird. So it's like where the angel kissed his head. Funny. I know. <laughs> a little bald spot. So he's like, check on Baldy. And I'm like, okay. He's, is still is Baldy still there? <laughs> He's always there. That's crazy, and that's such a like. I think they say like eight percent of people that have CPR mm. are don't have like brain like issues after. So it's like yeah. a small percentage Very of people lucky. that like that don't that that don't. Yeah, most people that have CPR have some sort of like lasting effect. Absolutely, like, and so you know during our stay. During the day, we would have occupational therapy, um, speech therapy, physical therapy, all these different things. And then um, after we left, we would just go to outpatient appointments. And so I remember we were in this waiting room once and they called us back and she's like, this is Archer? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, "He he's the one we're treating for a brain injury? And I was like, yeah. She's just like, this is insane. That's crazy. Usually people who have had this history like can hardly function she's like you're so lucky and i was like i know like like i just had constant reminders forever that was just like we really got super lucky so um when i was in the hospital it was such a weird feeling because you just like 
in the twilight zone. And one of the first people to reach out to me was Silvana. <laughs> and she, she's so nice. <laughs> she did, she has been through, you know, a, a similar, similar incident with her son. And she was yeah. so sweet to me to reach out and like, kind of just be like, I know what this is like. And I'm here for you. You know? And well, the thing, and, and that's nice. a very traumatic experience for you. Like, yeah. You know, and that's a lot for you to process as well. I mean, yeah. you always like, as a mother think of like the safety of your child, but then right. like, how is it like going to the pool every right. day? You know, you're like get weirdsies like about it's things hard. Like, about their safety. And yeah, and the time you saw him at the pool without me was a rare moment because I usually am like, no, I have to be with you. <laughs> I have to, <laughs> like I've tried to ease up a little bit because it kind of bums him out. But <laughs> does he but remember yeah. that experience? Like, does he remember that day, or does he remember like the hospital? He remembers playing at our friend's house before the pool, and then he remembers being in the hospital. Um, he he remembers they had a big Harry Potter birthday party, <laughs> so that was stuck out. Um, but one interesting thing that happened was that he loves to draw, and he has just always been drawing in his whole life. And when we were in the hospital, he couldn't talk. Uh, he couldn't walk or anything, but he could draw a little bit. So we'd go up to this little art playroom up at primaries. And so he's, he's like, I asked, you know, yes or no questions. And he wanted to draw. So he just started drawing and it ended up being this cute little person. But then you could tell that there was like a second person with wings behind him. And I was like, what is that? And I was like, is that an angel? And he goes, yeah. He nods his head. And that was all he would say. <laughs> and like, so once he, you know, was able to talk more, he just, he, the only thing he would say was that he died and came back to life. And that was his grandpa, his guardian angel. So I thought that was very sweet. So we had it framed. <laughs> mm. This cute little drawing. And I don't know. It was really pretty special. So he's my special boy. Yeah. He's a good one. So, but how does that experience, how does that change you? Like, completely, <laughs> completely. Um, I tell people it's like, it completely shattered me or broke me. And I, you know, the lucky part is, is that you're able to kind of pick up what pieces you really need and like, can leave the rest of it behind. Like, you know, just things that don't matter. And it's kind of liberating in a way, <laughs> but I don't know. I think ever since then and, you know, I'm being married and having the kids that I do, I think to me, probably the most important thing that I feel like I can like be an example for, or, like help my kids with is mental health just because like, cause I, I mean, I suffer from like depression, anxiety and different fluctuations but like my husband's bipolar and you know the likelihood of my kids having you know, the same is high you know and like I just I kind of try to normalize things I don't try to hide you know like if I'm having a bad day and I'm crying like I'm not gonna hide it <laughs> like they're gonna they're gonna cry too and it's okay to cry or you know just because like growing up I you know like certain people would like hide that I grew up with it. Like, they, you cry. Like you would never know that like somebody would ever like have you an have, emotional you issue. You have this or... expectation of like, everything needs to be okay. Exactly. Everything, yeah. Everything's fine. You know? Yeah. So like, you can feel all the emotions as long as they're not negative. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, if you're going to cry, cry, it's fine. Or if you want to 
beat the crap out of something, like, just don't put holes in the wall. <laughs> like, that's fine. You know, like, you can be mad. You can get crazy and, like, have this rage. Like, it's normal. But, um, but yeah, it's been interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, I think growing up, um, and especially for my husband as well, I think that there was a lot of, I think, just added guilt, like being involved with church stuff, which was fine. But I think um, it just depends on the person. What do you mean added guilt? Or, Is that what you said? Yeah, guilt or just like expectations or pressure. Or, pressure or you know, just certain things that, you know, when you, when you are like born in a church and you just go to church, guys, just kind of, you're used to it, but... Once you get older, you realize, like, oh, sometimes that can be, like, a lot to handle or a lot of pressure to, like, be a certain way or to, like, I think growing up, especially with my my mom, so my mom was also bipolar growing up, so it was kind of difficult, and she had this thing where, you, like, you just had to be, like, this perfect person, <laughs> and and it was just kind of interesting to navigate I don't even know. My well, thoughts are so well, dumb because there's like so many. You were even saying like you see your siblings like maybe your mom really came down on them for like something yeah. and then you're like, Ugh, yeah, like I I'm, guess I can't do that. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, so it's, I don't know. I think it's been interesting. I think that, I think I consider myself a really spiritual person and I've had a lot of really spiritual experiences and especially with my son's accident and, and all kinds of other things. But I think it just became really clear to me that like, you know, church is, is, is important and it's something that I have super like clung to in my life, but also I have this personal relationship with God that is super important. And I don't think we always need, you know, I think the community of, of a church and, and things like that is sometimes so important, but I think sometimes people forget that they can just have a one-on-one -on -one thing going on and that it... No, it's kind of nice. <laughs> he already knows what's going on. Yeah. Or she. She. Yeah, just exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, it's. I I, I get. I think I get weird. what you're saying. Um. Yeah. So what are the um, what are some of the things that you're passionate about now? Then. Definitely family. Um, just, I don't know. I always get involved in all kinds of different activities and stuff like that. I, um, am the vice president for a nonprofit. We help raise money for cancer patients or families going through cancer. And so that's been a big part of my life too. Um, and yeah. How did you get involved with that? So one of my good friends, I actually met, uh, going to preschool, my kid's preschool. And she was asking people if they knit. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I love to knit. And anyway, she, like a little by little, I ended up helping with more and more and it's just kind of taken off and gotten bigger and better. And it's pretty awesome. The things that People want to, I mean, I think you just have to ask and people will do all kinds of things for people in need. So hmm. it's been really special. <laughs> but yeah, twice a year we have a motorcycle ride or 
car drive or whatever, but we um, deliver hand-knitted hats to Huntsman Cancer Institute by motorcycle and supercar. So nice. we get a lot of like different car clubs coming and um, just like exotic, exotic, like auto spas and car owners and they'll just sweet come. hot rods yeah they'll just want to bring their lambos and go cruising so it's all for a good cause so it's a lot of fun cool and i can't complain i get to ride in some of them so <laughs> <laughs> makes it kind of fun but but yeah no it's it's pretty cool we, we've had all kinds of you know families and people and i think it's just the person who we're supposed to fundraise for just kind of pops up and you just know who it is. And it's always very humbling <laughs> to kind of see what people are going through. And the woman we're, we're fundraising for right now is my age and she has three kids and she has stage four brain cancer. And it's just like, you know, people are going through some, some hard times. So may as well try and, do some stuff to help make life more fun. Well, I mean, it's good. And it's like, we live in our community and we, you know, people who, if you believe in God or if you believe mm-hmm. in Jesus, it's like he said, you know, feed the hungry and clothe the naked. And yeah. I think the best thing we can do is like help in our community and be helpful Absolutely. You know, in any way we can. So Absolutely. I love it. But yeah. That's that's the gist of my cancer. <laughs> so I think I want to go back and like ask. Yeah. So we've kind of talked about it, but tell us more. Like what what have you learned? What are what would you say your big lessons are? I mean, it, obviously it sounds like prioritizing. You're saying like what's important and what's not important. I feel like you were saying like through like your son's accident mm-hmm. and recovery feel like you've got some perspective in, in your life and you're like this is what's important this this other stuff doesn't matter are, are there other like big lessons that you've learned in the last 20 years like what? to just be yourself <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of a goof like my mom and stuff you know and I think I always kind of hid so that was one important thing was just yeah because you of- said as a kid you're like oh I'm kind of self-conscious I'm kind of reserved is that still yeah. the same uh, not as much. <laughs> I kind of just don't care anymore. <laughs> like I said, I don't feel like I'm mature enough to have any, any responsibility, but, <laughs> um, but no, I, I just like to have fun and do weird stuff and it's fine to just do what makes you happy. <laughs> and that's the thing too. And I, and I think when I was, younger or at least when I graduated from high school I just remember being so like confused and lost because I'd like broken up with a boyfriend and I was just like what am I gonna do with my life I'm never getting married and I'm like all these things that they're like ingrained in you they're like okay like you're supposed to do this and that you know and I was just like so confused but it was just like that was so not important when I was 18 years old you (laughs) know and it's just little things like that where I'm just like I wish I could have gone back and told little me that just chill out for a while. You got time. Just <laughs> <laughs> relax. Um, but no, yeah, a little, I don't know. I always, I thought I would be a musician and I went to college as a, like a music performance major. 
And the more I did it, I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and then I was like, and I don't want to teach because that sounds horrible. So it kind of fizzled out of music. And But then I was really sad because like that was my identity and I didn't know how in the world I was going to start doing that again or when I would have opportunities to, you know, be musical in those ways again. But um, it just kind of life happens and I was handed bagpipes and I was worried I was going to be and like this old lady. Like yeah. Yeah. Which, in which I love because this bagpipe community is so small and it's just like all around the world. So like I got on my Facebook the other day and it, it said that this guy's liked your post and it's literally the queen of England's bagpiper. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And, like, and that's what I love is that like, they're all so encouraging and like, and he'll message me or just be like, that's great. Your video, you know, and it's just like, you're friends with everybody. And like, it doesn't matter if you're like literally the piper to the queen or if like, you're tell just... I say, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> what's up? <laughs> Scott Matthew? Uh, I'm not allowed to talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send her a special message for you. But yeah, it's it's just kind of funny. So, or I'll be watching like Prince Philip's funeral, and it was like, oh, there's Hugh, and there's (laughs) so so, like they're all just military pipers. So it's it's kind of fun, but definitely something that I think playing the oboe has helped me learn the bagpipes because it's kind of like four oboes in one. In a way. Is it a wood instrument? It is a woodwind. It's a double reed. So, yeah, it's it's crazy. There's, like, one double reed that's the cane, but then each pipe on your shoulder has reeds in it as well. So Interesting. It's kind of weird. I know zero stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Cool. (laughs) That's pretty rad. I was going to bring them, but your kids are sleeping, so I'm just kidding. (laughs) They're not. The thing is, like, it's getting light out. It's staying light so much so they're not going to sleep. Yeah. Same with mine. Why? Why do I have to go to bed right now? I know. It's like so bad. That's the thing. The neighbor kids are like knocking on the room. Can your kids please? I know they're in bed. Yeah, it's it's that time of year and everyone's excited for summer. Mm-hmm. So summer, it's I have some air. good memories playing like night games with you sometimes. I'm pretty oh sure. wait, so um, well unless you want to share, it. Okay. I was going to talk about beef. Oh yeah, Bethia, do we do we have any beef? Me and you personally? Yeah, I don't think so. Oh, okay, do you have beef with me? <laughs> No. I wish I should have thought of something. <laughs> Steve, do you have beef with me? I don't. Okay. No, I wish. Okay. But I want to hear this story that you just got yeah, outside some night game talk about. <laughs> it was just I just remember it was like me, you, Gus, Susie, uh, Rachel, Horton, Jessica Little, Ashley Cook. <laughs> like all of these like state kids. And I don't remember. Yeah, Cap- Crescent North Steak. Yeah, man. C7 for the win. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it was like capture the flag or something. They were like hopping fences and just... Yeah, that's probably... Doing I'm, old... I'm guessing ninth grade summer because I think we were playing yeah. a whole bunch. Like I think that's probably when it was. We had a youth conference and then we just kept it growing. Yeah. And everyone played together after. <laughs> Those were the days. Everyone bring your bonnets and your uh, <laughs> pioneer gear and let's go. Yes. Night games. Just like pioneers, like nothing bonds you stronger than, than doing that, than LARPing. 
You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mormons invented LARPing. <laughs> oh, man. You guys should see some of these festivals that I go to, though, because it's pretty bonkers. Oh, yeah? Just, yeah. Kills oh, as far as the eye can see. These Renaissance festivals, and I'm just like, this is like a new world that I'm in. An old world. Just kidding. <laughs> I've been trans transformed, transmitted to an, an old time. But no, I... Well, do you have another fun memory you want to share? Or beef with somebody else? Yeah. I do have beef with someone. Oh, let's he- yes. Let's hear it. But I don't know who they are. I can help you. Okay. I'll put a name to it. We have a yearbook. <laughs> we have yeah, all these bread, people. Right in the closet. After I put all these people to sleep on this podcast. Uh, put them on blast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to probably eighth grade. Seventh grade. It was seventh grade. Eastmont Middle School. <laughs> P.E. And this girl pants me outside on the field. <laughs> <laughs> And I was, like, so dorky and so shy. And I was a huge tomboy. So, of course, I was wearing, like, these weird, like, rainbow socks up to my knees and, like, boxer shorts or something, you know? And she comes up and just pulls my pants down. And I was just like... (laughs) (laughs) Like, it was horrible. And it was like the boys were out, too, and everyone had to, like, run the mile. Nightmare. It was bad. She's blonde hair. <laughs> I don't know. That narrows it down a little bit. <laughs> she was no, in my yeah. health class with, what was the older lady's name? She wear a wig. I don't remember. Richards. Maybe. I don't know. Heaton. I don't know. <laughs> Miss Heaton? The band teacher? Yeah. I have one thing. Miss Heaton, I'm sure you're not listening because you don't know any of us, but... If anybody who knows Miss Heaton... listens every week. I know. She's your top listener from <laughs> yeah. Australia. And look who it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, if anybody had Miss Heaton, um, at some point while you were in her class, she would teach you the old like English terminology of like crotchets and minims and quavers. For music, reading music. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? No, but go ahead. I had her in seventh grade, but uh, no. Okay. So instead of like quarter notes, half notes, whole notes, and all that stuff, the original terms, um, like in not old English, but like old, middle old English, English. <laughs> the older middle, English, middle aged. <laughs> yeah. So there were like crotchets, minims, and quavers, and then there was like semi quavers and all these different terms for like rests and notes. And I remember learning it, and I was just like, why in the world are we being tested on this? There's no way this is ever going to apply to my life. And it absolutely does now. <laughs> oh, yeah, because bagpipe so, is bagpipes. all, like, old, so, old English uh, yeah. music sheets. So I, I, I periodically will take these tests with the Royal Scottish Piping Society or whatever, and all of it is written like that. And so hmm. I'm like... Miss Heaton knew. So you're acing those tests. I'm just a couple steps above everyone else, you know. So. I just hope one day they do a reboot of, like, who wants to be a millionaire. <laughs> and the $250,000 question is going to be one of those words you just crotchet said. Crotchet, like, minutes, and I know it. <laughs> crotchet. That's a crotchet, of course. <laughs> be crotchet. Final answer. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yeah. That's funny. Okay, so Very mystery good. pantser. 
Please send us an email at jordanhigh2004podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> you, you, you pulled down Bethia's pants. You uh, owe me an apology. <laughs> you scarred me, and I don't know who you are. I might forgive you, but you have to come forth. <laughs> you No, you have to be pantsed by Bethia. It's the only fair, it's I, the only fair thing to do. I get to pants you on the 100th episode live. Just kidding. At Eastmont. Yeah, everyone will run a mile. On the Eastmont field. I'll wear what I was wearing that day. I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> Big basketball shorts and, burned and into my brain. tube socks. Oh, yeah, they were Rainbow old, tube they socks. They were old Navy boxers. <laughs> yeah. It makes you think of the episode of that 70s show when Eric and Don are playing basketball and Eric pants Donna. Does that make fun of her for wearing grandma underwear? <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I was wearing underwear, so we're good. Of course. Okay, good. But the one thing is, like, basketball shorts, it's, like, easy to grab both. Exactly. It's dangerous business. I have some beef. Well, I was wearing boxers as my shorts, not as my underwear. Oh. There you go. That's confusing. Is that even allowed? Not button fly? I mean, she's Uh, a girl. There was a button fly, but you didn't have to ever mess with it, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're going to be no surprises with the the boxers. (laughs) But... Yeah, some crazy fads back in the year 2001. Oh my gosh. She just couldn't resist pantsing me. That's okay. She she was probably insecure. She probably was. Jealous of all your quirkiness. It was probably probably Marie Woodhead. (laughs) (laughs) Marie! (laughs) You know what? I think it was. Just kidding. She was in a blonde fits. <laughs> she went to East Mud. It's gotta be it. <laughs> I'm trying That's to remember. So I don't know. Frizzy. I think she had like a perm. Frizzy blonde hair. Okay, narrowed it down. I'm gonna I'll I'll look through the yearbook year later. Yeah. I need to. I'm gonna start sending you messages like two in the morning. Like, is it this person? <laughs> because I've been and like so me and Elena. I've been hanging out for a couple months, and like I've been telling her about it. I'm just like, this is driving me crazy. Please help me figure out who it is. So. I'm surprised she doesn't know. She knows she everybody. Does. She probably does know. She's, she just doesn't want to... She doesn't want to stir some beef. Keeping it a secret for your podcast. Yeah. Probably. She's keeping the best content for the Jordan High rumor mill. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm, is there anything funny. you want to promote? Um, What's the name of the charity that you fundraise? So yeah, uh, it's called XOXO Hats for Strength, and we take donations, and it all goes to the family that is going through cancer. So uh, on June fourth, we're having an event at. It's called Envision Automotive, and we're just gonna have food and kind of a car show. We have a lot of um, local classic car clubs that are coming um utah ferrari club um if you don't know who envision is they have a whole slew of just awesome cars that they are always having around and then we have all of our biker friends and we come and there's a silent auction and all kinds of stuff and then we go on a ride for about 45 minutes and end up at huntsman and it doesn't take up your whole day so nice there's that all right well if you'd like to donate how, how do people, how can people donate? Uh, you can go to xoxohats.org. And there's just information on who we're fundraising for this time and all of that good stuff. So That's yeah. cool. I like yeah. that. 
I have one more memory. Yeah, let's hear it. I remember that I've always loved Scotland, hence the bagpiping. Yeah. Seventh grade in, I think it was geography, Tara Jewell was my partner, and we had Scotland together. And she's like, I have a pen pal that lives in Scotland, and I was just like, this is amazing. <laughs> anyway. You have a pen pal? <laughs> I think she had a pen pal in Scotland, so. I'm always so cool. thinking about you, Tara. Just kidding. <laughs> hey, Tara. I'm so awkward. Are you here. listening? <laughs> I know you're there. <laughs> Do you still have that pen pal? Do you still have that little figurine that was the... Never just kidding. Oh, tell you me can about erase the... that part out. Tell me about the figurine. No one... It was like a little Scottish guy. It was like a little statue. Oh, okay. Is it her pen pal? I don't know. We'll find out when she replies. Just kidding. You're going to cut that out. No, I'm not. I'm keeping everything. <laughs> gold. Everything staying in. Every awkward silence. Every crunching of the um, oh, of the wrappers to get gummy bears. It's all staying in. It's all good. Every a- ASMR whisper. If you want to hey. see any, any of my weird in person, you come to Piper Down on Kilt Night. I'll play you some bagpipes. Yeah, when is Kilt Night at Piper Down? Uh, last night. But okay, we missed it last night. <laughs> they happen every month. So... I can't remember where, where is Piper Down located. So Piper Down is downtown, so it's on State Street in about 14th South, roughly, maybe like 17th more, kind of by McDonald's. Cool. So, yeah, play there a lot. And the Utah Scottish Festival is coming up, and I'm competing. So if you're bored, bring the family. <laughs> Come hear some bagpipes and watch people throw heavy. Is things. there like, I don't know what's um, Irish or Scottish is. Haggis. Haggis Haggis is Scottish. (laughs) So there will be haggis. Um, But yeah, they have all kinds of food and dancing and meat pies and the heavy lifting athletics and the telephone pole things. Can you throw one? I've tried and it's embarrassing. But so no. (laughs) (laughs) We might check it out. We like doing stuff. (laughs) No, you guys should do it. It's a ton of fun. And um, I'm on the, anyway, organization committee. So we're having like 16 other bands come in to compete, and it's going to be huge and awesome. So Wow. Cool. Yeah. There you go. Well, Mathia, it's really good to see you. It's good to see you guys. <laughs> you gotta, we got to come out and do a karaoke night sometime. I'm all about it. I'm down. Let me know when. And I live in West Valley, so you guys go get tacos. Let me know. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Where, is it, where is it where you were going? 3200 West, 2100 South, El Paisa Grill. El Paisa Grill. Okay, I know where that is. Yeah, okay. we eat lunch there. I try to keep it to like once a month, because if not, I like <laughs> feel really thick. <laughs> it's easy. There's so many awesome Mexican restaurants out there too, so. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been a rough transition. I'll say that much. What there's, do you always, mean? there's always been good food, so. Yeah, because you were you were living in West Jordan, right? Murray. Murray. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I only moved like five miles away, but <laughs> my kids are like, "Why are there so many sirens in this new ha- na- neighborhood?" And I'm just like, "We're living in the big city now. <laughs> we're metropolitan. <laughs> it's a big deal." So fun. Well, thank you for coming on and sharing. It's been it's been great just catching up with you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. 
Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. Steve. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> See, I'm not an adult. <laughs> oh, man. Steve. I feel like I didn't say nearly anything that I thought I would say. So sorry if that was real boring. What do you think you what did you want to say? No. Nothing in particular. Just it's not like I had a script. I thought you were gonna have beef. You're like My beef is that I was never friends with your wife. She sounds great. Bonnie's the boss. Did she go to Jordan too? I don't think so. She's a hawk. So every She's time she comes, I'm like, boo, boo, Natalie. Boo. Yeah, I'm surprised he lets her in the house, honestly. Mm. No hawks. <laughs> no. <laughs> no hawks allowed. She get like a hawk with like the crossed out. Yeah. Put her on the door. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. That's funny. No, Pete, he, uh, he's had some interesting jobs, which I kind of feel like is great, but also kind of gives our kids weird expectations <laughs> because he worked for like video game companies. And like, I know that's a dream. I know. So my kids are like, "Oh, that's no big deal. Like, I'll just do what my dad does and work at home in his pajamas." I'll be an animator at Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, he's just like, "Yeah, I'll do that." So <laughs> that that's actually kind of like cool. Like, yeah. why not? Maybe they can do it. <laughs> they can, and that's why. Like, I don't discourage it, but I'm just like, you have to know that like that's not like normal. Not <laughs> that's everybody not, gets that's it. That's not yeah. a typical <laughs> thing. And so for a long time, he worked for Riot Games um, in LA. So he would do all kinds of like League of Legends. So he was a programmer for League of Legends for a long time. Hmm. Um, That's a big game. It is. And then he left there and he ended up getting a job at Candy Crush. <laughs> I'm the number one customer. Unfortunately. <laughs> That's why God's just saw his Facebook. We, <laughs> that is exactly. I don't blame you. It backs it up for me. Um, right? I'm a level 8,000 and something. You those extra lives. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I never received any extra lives. Benefiting I, from him like working there. Oh, really? Yeah, I was disappointed. No, what about gold bars? No, <laughs> no, no, no gold bars. Crack that whip, you know? Nothing. But um, he did, and he hardly even played it. He was always way better at it than me, too. He's like, I just beat this level, and I'm like on the next game, like thousands of levels. And I'm like, I've literally been playing this since like our first kid was born. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like level 800. <laughs> like, anyway, I was embarrassed. That is, that's a little sad. Yeah. But, <laughs> no. So anyway, now he's at Amazon. Won't mm-hmm. have another baby. <laughs> Amazon's Don't taking worry. over the world. So <laughs> they are. So hopefully we get a robot for Christmas. Just kidding. Oh. That'd be sweet. That'd be pretty like a sweet drone. <laughs> Someday. A robot butler. Yes. <laughs> like the Jetsons. <laughs> what was its name? I am going to cut some of this stuff out. Is <laughs> it Betty? What yeah, it was, was the robot was butler's name on the Jetsons? Just kidding. It was like the robot nanny. Oh, the nanny. It was like Betty. Yeah. Ma'am. But yeah. Things are things are Ro- good. It, Rosie. Rosie. Mm-hmm. Rosie the robot. But yeah. <laughs> so Gonzo, <laughs> we just finished talking to Bethia. What are your thoughts? I've got some thoughts. Um, it was, I'm really happy to see her. It's like it's really good to talk to her. 
It's like I said, I, I've always felt like, oh, she's my friend. But even though we like really weren't that close. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we were just around each other. We're in the same like neighborhood area. When I was, when we were in middle school, I ride my bike over to Rachel Horton's like a couple of times a week or something. Ask Rachel's mom to make me cupcakes or cookies. <laughs> and Bethia was there often. So we'd like see each other. But yeah, I I haven't seen her in a long time. I was happy. I had, you know, through social media, seen the story about her son. It's really sad. It's also like super awesome just to see like him fully recover essentially. But it's, um, it was great to see like also the effect that it had on her personally. Like it made her, you know, just think about what's important. And make her, made her like, I don't know, be, be herself more in a way, you know? It's just like, hey, this is who I am. And it's like, why hide it, right? I, I loved it. I thought it was great. I agree. And I think, like, th- maybe it's a good example of social media of, I don't know, like, she just posts all the stuff that she's just doing, but it's not like, look at all this amazing, fancy stuff that I'm doing. And like, it's just cool because, like, like you said, you see all these things over the years where, I remember when she posted that stuff about her son. It's like, holy crap, like that just like made me so sad, you know? And then you see the progress and you see things happen. It's like, oh my gosh, that's really cool. And you're like going through this journey with her, even though it's like, I haven't talked to her for freaking 17 years. I don't know. Um, but I, I loved one of the things that she said of like the worries that she had in that moment of like, crap, my house is dirty. Or I know I thought about that. My house is dirty. It's so funny because I think those are things that we... Like how much of our life do we waste energy on stuff like that until the real important stuff shows up? And it's almost like, I hope not, not that I would want that to happen to anybody, but I, I hope that people can have things like wake up calls in their life to help them get rid of the stuff that doesn't matter. Like yeah. make more room in your life for things that let you be yourself. Yeah. It was really good. It was, it was good just having her come over and just. I don't know. I, I just love how different everybody is. And I just, I, I'm reminded of that, like, every time we interview somebody. Yeah, but I'm glad to see that, you know, people change and people grow. And that's been, like, my favorite thing, just to see. But he has grown. If she got pants today, no big D. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. That reminds me of a story of something I just gotta, like... I don't know if I want to tell this story or if I just want to just apologize to that person if they ever come on. Do you think they'll come on? No. Mm, maybe. It was Ryan Bingham. <laughs> <laughs> and we did like a, I don't know if it was an indoor track meet or an outdoor track, but we went to Idaho and on the way back, we like stopped at a gas station and I was like, watch this. And I passed him, but I pulled down his underwear too. <laughs> so we're in this gas station and these guys are in front of me. <laughs> There, just totally free, and I just—I mean, we were laughing, and he was embarrassed, and I just now I now I I look back on that and I feel bad. So Ryan, if you ever listen to this, I'm I'm really sorry. Ryan, if you're still upset, please send us an email at jordanhigh 2004 podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, so it just immediately made me think of that. So I he's not—he's an old in the he's moment. No fiber, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. In that moment, though, I know how that blonde girl felt, and she probably thought it was hilarious. It probably was. <laughs> well, if you'd like to be on the show, 
just reach out to us. Send an email to jordanhigh2004podcast at gmail.com or message me or Gonzo. Uh, we'd love to hear from you and hope everybody's well. Thanks. Bye. Bye.